0: I'm Robin Miller-Brecker. And I'm Karen Lenzer. Welcome to Seeking Center, the podcast. Join us each week as we have the conversations and weed through the spiritual and holistic clutter for you. We'll boil it down to what you need to know now.
1: We're all about total wellness, which to us means building a healthy life on a physical, mental, and spiritual level. We'll talk to the trailblazers who'll introduce you to the
0: practices, products, and experiences that may be just what you need to hear about to transform your life. If you're listening to to this, it's no accident. Think of this as your seeking center and your place to seek your center. And for even more mega inspo, sign up for Seeking Center, the newsletter at seekingcenter.app. We're so looking forward to this conversation with transformational guide and intuitive Jenny Jimeno of the High Tide Podcast. Jenny and I had an instant and heart-centered connection, so much so that I had to introduce her to Karen as well. And that is how Jenny walks through life, heart-centered and passionate to help you on your journey. We love this quote that she says, growth is an alchemy that isn't for the faint of heart, too true. And she's dedicated her life's work to guiding others to feel heart and soul aligned so that they can walk their path to healing and expansion. Her own journey to this work is fascinating, relatable, and full of inspiration and wisdom. Let's get started.
2: Hi, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for your words. I can feel the energy and love behind them and I so appreciate that introduction and this space.
0: I'm so grateful that we are all now connected and (laughs) now Karen can feel the energy that I've felt every time that we communicate, whether it's through Zoom or on text. There really is a feeling, a knowing that we've known each other. Yes. Somewhere in the Past lifetimes, so totally.
1: And I think even in the energy before we started taping today, I hadn't met Jenny before. And this exusion that you have of energy and calmness and connection to spirit just shines through you. I'm excited to meet with you today.
2: I'm so grateful, and it's funny that you mentioned that soulful connection, Robin, because I've been learning a lot about fractal patterns in the universe and how everything is sort of like. The same face, different scale, or same thing, different scale. And an example of this in the universe is how lightning can strike, and you see the different pathways of electricity that run through the sky. And that's what you see that big lightning light in the sky. And then another example of this pattern appearing in our universe is the synapses in our brain and the wiring in our brain, and just how when you actually put them beside each other, it's the same image on a different scale. And so I believe that when we do have these soulful connections, it is this intersection of a lifetime where we have known each other before. And it's that recognition of this familiar place. And even mm-hmm. as I say that, I get goosebumps because this conversation feels so intentional and just coming across the space with you and now Karen feels like such an integral part of my journey as well. And so I'm so excited to see what unfolds from our connection. Same.
0: And the way that you are able to express what you're seeing and these Observations. I'm so happy that we can share this with everyone listening. Where did you even? How did you come up with that? Because that's why haven't we thought of that? It's so um,
2: true. It's amazing because it's not new. If you follow any work in the quantum field, a lot of teachers that speak to this are Bruce Lipton, Dr. Joe Dispenza, or Greg Braden's one of my favorites. And he speaks so much to fractal patterns and just the geometry of the world. You could even take it down to when you look at a placenta, if you're a mother, you've seen the cross section of a placenta. And if you were to cut a tree down the middle and look down where the roots are, again, it's a similar pattern on a different scale. And so there's so much interconnection between our human inner nature and nature outside. And so these things to me are so not accidental. And the more I recollect this ancient wisdom. And the more I learn about it, the more I can feel it wholeheartedly in my body and just through the connections that synergize in my pathway. And so there's so much opportunity for this. And I think everything we've been experiencing in the last few years has been a gateway through which we can awaken to this even more and more. And I even use that term awakening loosely because it's already within. And so it's just really this exploration of the season of life you're in and how do you make yourself in that space where you can create acceptance and curiosity and be an explorer of your own life and journey and path and who else is around you kind of reflecting that path. So for me, I think it's this deep invitation to really connect with the other because there's such... Nectar and soulful medicine in those connections when we remember and awaken to them and can be present with them. You get
0: so <laughs>
2: Sometimes I say things and I'm like, that was really beautiful. It and is I really, I feel like it's really guided. And probably your guides are here talking to my guides. And it's just going to be this beautiful crescendo of an empowering conversation.
0: I agree. That's- it's talking about quantum physics. That is one of the areas that we want to dive into. And so the way that you're able to take all those learnings and just express it in the way that you just did for everybody, holy moly. And that's really what we're doing. We're here to help translate all of this. Not everybody has the patience, I'd say. They may have the curiosity, but they don't necessarily end up having the patience to sift through everything and then put it together. And what you just talked about by taking the works of all of these really, brilliant people, but simplifying it and expressing it in that way. That's a gift. And then how it's flowing through you is a gift. So thank (laughs) you. Thank
2: Thank you for saying that.
0: that. Well, and let's talk about how did you come into your own abilities, as well as your curiosity and interest in spirituality, and then tying that to nature and science and beyond.
2: Yeah. Thank you for asking that. And how much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I really believe we're all here in this 3D human experience. And there's such an element of construct of time and material in this human experience. And so much of what we've been conditioned and a lot of us were raised to believe is you go to school, you get good grades, you get a good job, you make a lot of money, you climb this corporate ladder, which then often can translate to an always on culture where we're always chasing and always trying to achieve something. And that's a really hard way to be when that's the metric through which you're flowing in life. And that was the metric that I was living in. And I just had so many questions because although you could create these tangible results through your accolades and your job and your relationships, your home, whatever that is for you. And there's no judgment there, just an observation. There was something about it that even in the possession of some of those things, I still had this feeling of emptiness inside. And that was first introduced to me probably in my first marriage in my twenties. And he was a great guy and we learned a lot from each other, but there was so many pivotal moments emotionally in my twenties where my capacity for wonder and just my emotional shifts were growing at such high speeds that I felt like we were no longer reflecting and bringing out the best in each other in our partnership. And so I had a lot of judgment around me at that time where people were like, why would you want to be anywhere else than that when you've got the white picket fence and this great marriage and all these things? And I couldn't even answer it back then. It's a really hard thing to put into words because you can't think your way through this. It's something that you embody and you feel and that's a whole other topic but when we think of positive thinking and self-development and that culture it really doesn't give the full scope of a holistic experience because being whole isn't thinking your way through it it's feeling through all the frequencies and iterations that come with the struggle and that come with the loneliness and all the things that we meet with resistance those are such significant parts of the journey as well and so I had a lot of that and I even judged myself around that you know, like what is wrong with me like you know know. And so that kind of opened a pathway for me to start reading books about spirituality. And back then it was such a big word. Today, it's even a big word for some people to digest. And to simplify spirituality, I just see it as the way we can relate and cultivate a relationships with ourselves beyond the five senses. It doesn't have to be so big, but the reward of being open to it Is really big because then you have access to something beyond the self that I can't really explain into words. It can only truly be felt. And so the first book I read was by Eckhart Tolle, and it was A New Earth. And I was probably twenty four at the time, and I was like, "What is this? This is crazy. There is more to life than this." And it had nothing to do with what life looked like. It was all about what life could feel like, and I wanted that. I wanted to be connected to what he was talking about, and so that was the opening and it didn't happen overnight. I really feel when you were speaking earlier, Robin, and you were saying sometimes people don't have the patience for that. I really encourage people to explore the big pause in their lives and not to be in such a rush to fill those gaps because it's in those pauses that yield us some really important information about our inner nature, especially when we're triggered and wanting to rush into filling those spaces that can really let us know, okay, maybe this is where I need to sit with. Myself and be with myself, and know that everything is going to be okay, no matter what people say about my experience of it or what this looks like to the outside world. What people think is none of my business anyway. (laughs) If they want to choose emotional real estate and make me take up space in it, that's great, but I don't need to do that also. And so it was really this invitation of exploring self reliance, what that would feel like without having the need of validation outside of myself and from people that I really love. That's not easy. And it's still a challenge today in my later 30s where you rub up against those things. And I just think that it's an invitation from your highest healed self coming to you in the form of these frictional relationships or places where you struggle to ask, how could we elevate? What's the message here? Do you really need to integrate this energy into your life? Does it feel expansive or can you let it go and heal it and just free up that space? And so my life was like that a lot. It's still like that a lot. I still live that way and it's very adventurous. And and exciting.
0: Well, <laughs> it goes to that quote that you said that growth is an alchemy that isn't for the faint of heart.
2: Yeah. I mean,
0: that sums it up because it really is those pauses that you talked about. That's where you expand.
2: Yeah. And I was thinking about the word pause the other day, and I'm someone that loves to channel and pause. When you break that word down, there's a very nourishing word you could fill in that word alone. For me, it was presence, acceptance, understanding, surrender, and exploring or energy. And when you're feeling in chaos, there's this quote I love and it goes something like the world is falling apart. It's time to slow down. When we're in a rush and we're feeling the sense of urgency, often it comes from a space where our sympathetic nervous system is really activated. So it's looking for evidence to perpetuate that we actually are in a fearful state and that we're in danger. And our Bodies love us so much that it will prioritize survival over thrival. And so it is really hard to pause in those moments. And we can anchor into the fact that that is our body working for us. And how do we create different stories or pattern interruptions that's going to allow us to explore what's unfamiliar, but can still be a safe path for us if we just pause and take our time? When we're in that state of hypersensitivity or that sympathetic state, it's really easy to write things off. We need to. To think logically, it's really hard to get into that dream state and that state of wonder where anything is possible. It's too hard to do that when our body is just wanting us to survive, and there's a lot of cortisol pumping through our system that is trying to keep us alive because it thinks we're under attack. So, where in my life was that showing up? Where in my life was I feeling triggered in a simple conversation? Because those triggers are simply, okay, you're in danger. But when you pause, it's like, okay, presence. Yeah, okay, I'm not actually in danger, except and I accept where I'm at, understanding how can I give myself the space to break this down a little bit more and understand why that trigger came up. Surrender, the more you're open, like in birth, when you let yourself relax, you open that pathway to new life and then energy and explore what state is my energy in? Is there a way I can explore bringing this to a place of calmness and ease where more solutions will be more oriented and in alignment with my energetic field so that I could feel that it's not always this tangible thing. Sometimes it's just this feeling that you get in your body that slows down that heart rate and brings you back to a place where you are in more of a receptive mode. And all this to say is your life is full of these moments all day, all the time. It's just we're not always aware of it. And that's totally okay. That's also a part of the journey.
1: Wow. First of all, you have it so nailed down in terms of being able to explain it to somebody from the scientific side as well as the emotional and spiritual side. Is this the walk that you walked, Jennifer? Was there a specific pivot point where you said, okay, I'm going to shift my direction and I'm going to explore on my own and figure out a new path for myself.
2: Yeah. After that marriage, I was in an emotionally abusive relationship for three years. That's one thing I would love everyone to remember too, is your healing is not a linear path. You can both leave the thing that you once loved and then repeat the same decision over and over until you're really ready to integrate it and shift. And there comes a point in your life where you're just no longer wanting to make that decision because you can feel that it's a leak. And for me, that was through choosing men that were always emotionally unavailable and spending my money frivolously. Like as fast as I could make it, I would just spend it. And I never had the best relationship with money. And what I find is the way you show up with money, relationship, and self worth are all interconnected, that fractal patterning, again, same thing, different scale. And some of us aren't ready to see that. And that's okay. But when you are ready to see it, it's so empowering because you're able to liberate yourself. And then I became curious around what are some ways that I can disrupt those patterns that I was living from in a 95% subconscious space. If you think of the analogy of the iceberg in the ocean, and we only see the tip of it from the surface of the ocean, that represents the 5% of consciousness. That we're operating from. But they say 95% that whole iceberg, when you look below the water's surface level, is where most of what we're operating from comes from. So these triggers and these flares that come up, they need to come up because. They're trying to express what we suppress. So when our soul gets in alignment with that, all it's doing, and I know that this is not to bypass anyone's degree of trauma or anything like that, but what it's doing is it wants to express itself because traumatic events happen to us and trauma is what happens inside of us. So when we don't free up that space, it gets stored in our tissues and we feel that somatically. So how do we learn to move that energy so that we can create more flow? and free up that space for more unconditional love, for less fearful triggering states. Because love, when it's form, when you're in authentic love, is actually expansive and healing and fear usually feels like a contraction. So we can argue for all our limitations all we want when we're triggered and we wanna prove with the ego that we're right or wrong. And we've all done this with our partners in any relationship. And at the end of the day, you gotta ask yourself who's leading that conversation. Is it your ego or is it really love? If it's love, then you probably wouldn't care if you were right, or if you had to land your plane through proving a point. And Wayne Dyer says ego is etching God out. So how do you source back in that divine energy that actually wants you to heal and understand the other more not to be right, but simply to understand, which brings us to intention which is everything intention. It's literally everything it is. And I don't know. Oh, Robin and I have talked about this, but *Seed of the soul was such a transformational book for me, which helped me understand intention with more clarity. And I really believe in that. I really believe that when you are really heart centered and aligned with the big why of why you're doing things, those rooted beliefs and values around what cultivates what you do in the world and how you show up in the world with, yourself and with others will always bring you to a space that feels more expansive and connective than dismissive and disruptive. And so essentially, I believe all the things we are seeking is already within us. We are that freedom. We are that unconditional love. It's just how do you learn to move through life and use those as a form of alchemy and opportunity to transmute the pain and the hurt, Mm -hmm. which I learned from a teacher that pain is pay attention inside now. And that's another thing. Our always on culture is like, oh God, I have cramps. Pop an Advil. Look, I get it. It's not fun to be in pain. And what if we cultivated a relationship with pain as a messenger, really tried to sit with ourselves instead of being so quick to to get rid of it? Because they often do have a message and our body can keep the score, but it's up to us to really pay attention inside now.
1: (laughs) I mean, so many things just blew my mind.
2: I don't even.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing them down for myself. And I've read every single book that you've talked about. We've talked to so many people, but I just love the simplicity of what you're saying. The one I just wrote down is why are you doing this? Why are you doing this job? Why are you buying this house? Yeah. We never ask that question. It's what are you doing? But it's never why. Same thing about the pain as messenger. It's so, so true. You go to a doctor and they go to fix it. They give you yeah. a prescription to get rid of it. But you never really are asked to kind of think about the source. Think about even the emotional source where it could be coming from. So, yeah. how did you get this all in your mind in such a way that you could action it in your life? I hear you're reading all these books, and so many of us have, but it seems like you've almost put a methodology in your mind about how to action it in your day to day. How do you do?
2: That? Yeah, is that tied with you coming into your abilities? I've always been so fascinated with energy work and and chakra systems. There's such, beautiful wisdom in ancient wisdom and what indigenous people knew that we're just starting to see now. And so many people are in practice of it and they get canceled or the algorithm doesn't support their views or whatever. And the more I dive into it, the more I'm like, oh my God, how beautiful it is to know that nature has our back, that we have access to so much beyond the constructs of patriarchy. And this is not to say that there's no credibility behind the Western world. I'm just saying it can be both and that my love for this work encapsulate, it can be this in addition to, and when you synergize the two and create space for both, that to me is rooted in unconditional love for this work is just that true love makes space. True love understands that you can fully dive into a topic that really fires you up, but it won't matter if you don't know how to calibrate a balance with the other parts of your life that light you up. So you can't just fully give yourself to something it's really important to devote yourself and really learn something. But when you really wrap your heart around that space and see how it affects your life, you also understand that you also have a family, you have hobbies, you have a career that you are passionate about and real love for something knows that there is space for all those things too. And so when I hear people, especially coming out of the pandemic say, Oh, I don't believe in like Eastern mythology or energy work. That's too woo woo. I'm so curious as to why Their view of it is so narrow and I see it in a way that's like, it can be both and it doesn't make the other right or wrong. It really is up to that person's individual journey, how it lands for them. And when I took an interest to energy work, what's so beautiful about so much of Eastern practice is it really is natural and holistic. And it's not what happened to you, but what happened for you. And how can you take these things and recognize that on an energetic frequency, if we could suspend our 3D linear way of thinking, and it's still important to honor that and maybe approach life in a way that we understood that what if our currency in life was our energetic feel, how we showed up energetically and not what life looked like, but how we felt and how we made people feel in our everyday transactions. That to me can translate in the work you do, Robin and Karen, in the work Gary Zukav did in that book, in Eckert. It's very simple, as simple as that quote. Some people go outside and get rained on and some just get wet. It's how do you want to perceive the world? You can either expand into this possibility that will just open up so much love and connection for you, even through pain and struggle and really learning from that, Mm -hmm. or it will really keep you in a small small box and divided from a whole universe of growth and expansion that's available. So I really like back to the fractals, I think about this and every person that gets aligned is a bridge between those that are not and just more possibility for connection of healing throughout the world. So for me, this work is so important because it helps people know that a lot of people out there in the coaching field too, they'll charge like bajillions of dollars. And I'm not judging that either. But for me, I just feel like healing's not a linear path. And how do we create systems through which no matter what your background is you can access these resources you can find help in community and human fellowship that you can't find in a tube of mascara like zach bush has said before in one of his workshops and through connection there's something so powerful in that and so by exploring energetic work and really experiencing the proof of it in my life and just the results i've seen unfold around me my mind is always blown and i'll say to sean my partner the chances that this happened and he's always like a hundred percent it still baffles me I know you are your own sorcerer there is pure magic in all of this
1: oh I love that word that was another Wayne Dyer word that always stuck with me the sorcerer which you always look upon as like sort of this wizard with spells and everything else but it is you being in charge of creating your own destiny Absolutely.
0: and going back to what you're saying Jenny it's all in us we're just unlocking it. It's the unlocking of it. And clearly you've unlocked it all and in respect of being able to absorb it, translate it, but then being open to the more, because this is ongoing. We're going to continue to learn, evolve, expand, and help others yeah. expand. That is the goal. And Absolutely. I feel so grateful that we have found one another. It's that remembering. Did you grow up around any of this ancient wisdom? Was it infused in you or, or is this all really stemming from those pain points that you talked about, those pauses coming from the first marriage and then in that next relationship. And Karen and I know that you are now with a partner and have a child and all that. So how did that all come into play?
1: Adding to that, it almost sounds like you have a medical background or a science science background where you're coming from and you're applying that to energy now.
2: Well, I actually am a hairstylist. <laughs> I've been a hairstylist for 15 years. And even though I love what I do, the thing that has always been the life force for me through hairstyling was cultivating those connections. And I really thought there was really something to conversation sharing that really lights me up. And I think when we're on the pinnacle Of discovering something exciting about ourselves, there's always this element of hesitation and trepidation. And I don't know if I can do that. And what I encourage everyone to explore is don't mistake readiness for preparedness. If the nudge is there, and you have that inkling, it's because there is some creative divine news that has chosen you as the vehicle through which to express itself creatively and if you wait too long sometimes it just it'll move on to the next person so I think those are really important important nudges to honor. And I just think there wasn't any real pivotal moment to it. It was just the more I dug into it, the more I realized, wow, I really appreciate the feedback. So that's another thing is like, explore the feedback you're getting for your life. Are the relationships you're in enhancing your energy, or is it leaking your energy? Because if there's real love there, often in a relationship, there's a rising in love. And when there's so much friction, our foundations that we had before, which was in my story, have to break down in order for us to rebuild the pillars through which we can include our values and our morals that don't apply anymore from five years ago, five months ago, five days ago, I don't know, it depends on your own personal story. And just to really give ourselves that permission slip to explore that this is a human experience. And the whole thing around this work that I do with spirituality and coaching and healing is just you can be playful, it doesn't have to be so serious. And being. playful and being that childlike way of us is such a gateway for openness because children are so genuinely themselves they're so authentic in the present moment and there's no money you can pay any therapist or coach to align you like your own child will and if you're a mother it's very powerful to experience your life through this human whose heart you literally created outside of yourself so it's no wonder that mothers experience such an amplification of vibrations and energy and emotions no matter if they're pure joy or pure sadness because now you've got depending on how many kids you've got out there but like for me i've got another heart of a piece of myself a fractal another baby human outside of me that's experiencing life. And this human is the only human that knows the sound of my heartbeat. And I'm the only one that can really feel what he's going through because he is a piece of my creation. And so I'm not saying that that's the only pathway to creativity. I'm saying it's just one of them. And this can also be expressed through the birthing of our greatest ideas, our exploration of wanting to start a podcast, starting that business that feels so resonant in your heart or going after that person that you believe you feel Strong connection with, but you can't explain it and you just really want to talk to them. These are all creation materializing through you. And more often than not, it's bigger than what we actually think it's about. So I really encourage people to explore that if they feel safe to do so. And if not, to work with someone that will help them create pathways that can feel safe for them to do so.
0: Which actually leads to one of our questions is how do you work with someone and help them uncover their own
2: blocks? So a lot of it is energy work. And I think it's really important when you're working with someone else to establish boundaries so that I always say clear is kind and you have to have a transparent objective of where you want to grow. And what is for me coaching, it's really important for people to know that I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. However, within the coaching framework, you do have to respect those boundaries and understand that we are people that love to help you from where you're currently at. So that acceptance space and from baseline to thriving, where I believe most psychologists and counselors can go very deep into like child Childhood trauma more into the past coaches like to work with more goal setting in the future but that can translate as to anything in your life and so people will often come to me with a different degree of anything that comes up for them that they want to work through whether they be triggers or stories around money or relationship anything like that and it's very similar to counseling in my own experience of working with a counselor in the past where you are creating a safe space for them to be heard and seen your working through some of their shadow work and just really holding space with intention and respecting the journey they're on, meeting them with acceptance so that they know that they can cultivate that relationship with themselves and simply mirroring back to them through resources and tools, all of that innate wisdom they already have. And so a lot of the journey is asking thought evoking questions that are organically created through conversation so that they can render the information that their soul or highest self or deep inner knowing have available for them but we can't always see that when we're in the eye of our own hurricane. So it's really creating these frameworks so that they can move through their journey and just being a companion for them to help bring out what they already know.
0: And when you talk about energy work just because we have talked about energy work on our podcast, are you actually doing Reiki or are you feeling into their chakras just in general to Assess where
2: they are. Yeah. So, from my own curiosity, I did my Reiki level one and two certification. And it was purely just because I love learning about chakra and energy work. And Reiki is a funny thing because they say Reiki finds you when you're ready for it. And I had no expectations from the teachers that I learned from, the luminaries. They're Vancouver based and they're amazing, Julia and Alexis. And what happened in Reiki is that what happens when you get attuned is your crown chakra is expanding. And so before you come into the attunement, your crown comes at the size that you've been living your whole life through essentially. And then when you get initiated to that level one, it expands. So anytime you experience any disrupt or struggle, it can only lock back to the size of the expansion that it was expanded to in that journey. So I'm learning this and I'm like, yeah, okay. I don't understand what that means, but I'm just going (laughs) to be here. (laughs) But my gosh, it was everything that happened afterwards energetically where I was like, holy cow. I was starting to see things. I would work on a healing with a partner in the course and I was getting clairvoyant where you see images. And in my head, my ego was really loud. This is crazy. You're making this up. Like you're not actually seeing this as you're performing this channeling this Reiki energy. But then I felt this calm voice say, just share what your insights are because it's safe to share. And these were very detailed images of a little girl playing with horses on a farm and all these things. And down to, her dress. And when I share that, these are people that I've never met. They're from all over the world. And she was just like, yeah, I, I grew up with horses and I've been researching them the last three months as a part of healing. And I just find them very therapeutic. And so it's just, to me, Reiki opened up a channel for myself that energetically allowed me to tune in and tap into someone else who was in my present moment, who I was working with. And the fact that that exists out there, I am bewildered by that. To me, that tells me in this lifetime, we really want to help each other heal and connect. And what if all the iterations of ourselves are actually a journey just back home to our hearts where we're safe and where we're expanded and we can experience these magical pings from life. And that's what I've been experiencing through this journey. And Reiki was nothing short of that. So definitely in my coaching, that is something I offer to integrate into the offering because it's just another level of accessing a higher aspect of yourself that is already swirling around you. I really believe everyone has guides and everyone has Mm -hmm. a highest aspect of themselves in this quantum field of energy. And if you listen to Greg Braden's work, he says even modern science backs this now, but they can't really bring it forth because it's not accepted in the constructs of what the curriculum in school is, for example, it's just not recognized. And if that's true, and if that does exist, why wouldn't you want to access that? If it yields you more love Really? Connection.
0: So well, just even hearing the way that you're explaining it too, it's a further validation of how we're all connected. The fact that we've talked about, and both Karen and I can channel as well. And we know that we can see things. We don't know why we can know that level of detail about somebody else, but just in the way that we're having this conversation, my epiphany is it's further validation of really our connection as one energy. And to your point being fractals of that energy so we're all these we are all expressions of that energy yeah even that like we're connected in that
2: way absolutely and what I love about what you just said is that in exploring our healing and what I was saying earlier how you then become a bridge to others that want to heal also or are ready to explore that journey is that there is that level of connectedness when giving ourselves permission to shine our light you're giving others permission to shine theirs too and it just allows you to flex that muscle that we're not always so keen to flex because we're worried about how it's going to land for people. But yeah. what if that light work is your life work? And that is the key through which we can heal and expand and to live in this lifetime and experience it from that degree of openness and expansion is it's such a gift. And it's, it's accessible to everyone. And it's not for everyone yet. It's really up to the individual and you cannot make someone want to shift or change. And that's why we have these relationships where we're triggered and all those things. It's not up to us to make someone see it. And how do you know that for that person in your life, that they don't need to go through that hard thing in order to actualize this higher aspect of themselves. That's none of our business to disrupt that. And it's really hard, especially when you're a mama and just witnessing your babies in the world, but it's the same thing, different face, just different degrees of it.
1: I look at that all the time. I have a 21 year old who is off going into the world. And I still want to do the same thing I did with him when he was a one-year-old. So You want to protect, yeah. you want to nurture, you want to guide. And you have to, at some point, just say, no, he is an adult. It's his time to navigate his old journey. I was just thinking as you were talking, Jennifer, back to what I said before about, were you a medical doctor? Or were you a scientist? Which I'm sure you were in a past life because it's all <laughs> coming back. But I just think in terms of the Reiki connection, mm-hmm. being a hairdresser, you're physically touching people, yeah. you're boosting their energy. You are energetically connecting with them in such a loving way. You're giving of yourself, even though it's your job, you're still giving a loving gift to someone else to make them feel better. Yeah. Have you ever thought about it that way? Maybe that was your stepping stone into what you're doing now?
2: I have for sure. And I'm so humbled by my clients because we're a very saturated industry. So they could really go to anyone. And I've been doing this for 15 years now. So I've known 90% of my clients for over a decade. I've seen them through elementary to high school graduation, to weddings and divorces, funerals and births. There's so many things. And I don't take that lightly. I really think there's such a coalesce of those fibers of how we connect with ourselves. And this is the tapestry of life. It's not an accident. And we find ourselves in these places and spaces that allow us to invite our expansion. And with hairdressing, it's interesting because although I love what I do, there was always still this sense of there's more that I want to explore. This isn't fully it. And what I come to Realize is that maybe in our life, it's our passion that's guiding us and not our need for career fulfillment that is guiding us. And so, in every Mm -hmm. aspect of ourselves, you both I'm not sure if you worked for Oprah as well, Karen.
1: Similar, I worked for the Discovery Channel. So, it's yeah, which is very similar,
2: which is amazing because it's what I was saying about this type of work. It's just an iteration that is more doorways and pathways that's leading you to the next thing. So, often those nudges are far bigger than we think they are. And it's such a sacred invitation to explore them. And even when they're not, it's just about cultivating that trust within yourself so that you can flex that value of learning to trust those intuitive messages that you get from within so that you can further explore either way, it's conditioning you in a way that is open and from a space of unconditional love rooted from the heart. And when you live from that space, life becomes very enriched.
1: How did you get there? I'm thinking about how people who are listening, thinking, that they might have that yearning too. that. This is great, but I know that there's something more for me. It seems you have it so figured out in so many ways. You did the research, you read the books, but what was that moment for you that really got you across that chasm of, should I do this or should I stay where I am?
2: I feel like it was really getting real with myself and learning to have my own back and realizing that what I was saying earlier, that everything I was seeking was me. Every teacher I've put on a pedestal, the pedestal, was me. It was all this iteration of coming back home to my heart. And even as you're speaking, Karen, I want people to know that it doesn't make the journey now perfect. I just find when you learn to work with this type of work, your uptake is faster. There's more space. There's more acceptance. There's more room for play. It's not the end of the world when things fall apart. And it's okay to honor that it feels like the end of the world. And to the degree of the pain that you feel in something is to the degree that you will allow yourself to express yourself in joy. And so it's really important to be in that fullness of the season of life you're in, even if it is painful. And I know it's hard, but there are people that want to work with you to heal through that so that when it's time to fully express joy and feel happiness and love, you can fully feel those things also. And that's life. Life is a spectrum of emotions and it's this and we don't ever look at the weather and be like, well, some of us do and say, oh, that damn rain. And it's also necessary to nourish the earth to bring the grass about to bring the flowers out and robin and i talked about this before and when i said that everything beautiful happens in the dark there's a lot of beauty that is cultivated in the dark when you think of the seeds we plant in the soil the fetus changing into a human when it's born the dark night of the soul the cocoon turning to a butterfly there are so many fractal examples of this yeah
0: there really are there really are and as you just said and the dark and light right the balance and the dark light. You know, where there is light, there is dark. And it's how you look at it. Yeah.
2: It's perspective. It's so true. And I often, especially since becoming a mom, I always say that having koa, birthing koa was the day I birthed myself because it was such a portal for creativity and just everything that I suppress wanted to express itself. So hence the podcast and writing. And now I can't look at a tree the same way. The beautiful thing about nature is nature doesn't compete. It collapses. So what can we look at in nature when you stare at a tree and no trees, when there's danger in their environment, they communicate with each other throughout their roots to warn. And I think they even release medicine, I could be wrong, to help protect the trees beside them. And it's just like what would it feel like if our currency was our energetic state? How would our world be different today? Would we show up different? And the beautiful thing about this is we can start small. We could start from within and then start to build these bridges outside of ourselves. Jane Goodall, she says, act local, not global. And you want to stop all these wars? Well, stop the one within yourself first and learn what it wants to teach you. Because we can preach all these things about and being activists. And I'm not judging. Activism or anything like that. However, if you're doing it from a space that is unaligned, it's really easy to be angry and lead with a different pace than one that is coming from unconditional love. So that's why I say it's not easy work and it's available for everyone, but not everyone is ready. And that's totally okay. In their own time, they will explore it as well. I just want everyone to know that they can explore it and it is available to them. Yeah,
0: that is definitely our hope too, because there aren't enough ways. To get this information out because it isn't part of our mass media. Day to day. It's not yeah. part of our day to day. And so. More,
1: and the more stories that we can share like this of people like you who walk the walk and done the exploration and are practicing it in their day day lives, they'll have the courage to do the same thing.
0: And to normalize all of this. Because as we've talked about, first of all, so much of the wisdom is ancient. So You're trying much. to bring it back into mainstream and we aren't taught it this in school. And a lot of the time it takes for you to hit that rock bottom for whatever reason you get there, whether it's through the loss of somebody important in your life, it's through your own addictions. And what would it take to not have to get to the extreme to know that these are available so that you know how to cope with those extremes in your life? That is such a driving force and why we're Um, committed to getting this out in the world.
1: And how to get back to that love that you were talking about before, talk about not being taught that even as little kids. That's a real challenge for people.
2: It is. And even as I speak to that, I mean, it's still a challenge for me sometimes. And there's an element of when you let your heart have a conversation with your mind and really settle into that. It's a feeling you get. And I really struggled when I even entered the coaching field, like, is this enough? Is it credible enough? Is it X, 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 enough, but you are enough. It is your divine birthright to explore these avenues through which you feel the most expanded. One metaphor we can use, and Robin, we talked about this, is the flame and chemistry. When we're taught the hottest point is the inner part because the most flow of oxygen is reached at that blue point of that Bunsen burner flame. And that's also true for our, ourselves, our life. Our hottest point of access is the gateway inside. It's this path through which we can access so much of that life force, that flows through us at all times, where it has the answers to some of our most heart pressing questions. And the reason those questions come up is because there is an aspect of us that knows and has actualized these beautiful teachings. And I really believe that when you feel those goosebumps and those intuitive nudges, they are coming from a space bigger than beyond the senses, our five senses of knowing in this linear space. And so it's great to honor the human experience and how beautiful is it that we can honor it with the tools and resources energetically that are available to us from our ancestral wisdom?
0: Yes. Well, and just speaking of what you were just talking about, I want to just Mm -hmm. comment. I know people are listening to this, but when we got on today's call, I was remarking on your tattoo. It's vibrant and beautiful. And you're like, wait, which one? And I pointed (laughs) to the bird. And you said at the time, you just knew you wanted a tattoo.
2: Yeah. And they wanted a bird. bird.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Of a bird. And you didn't know. And the sparrow came to you. Yeah. And so it's of a sparrow. And then when you looked up sparrow, can
2: you tell everybody? Yeah, sparrows were a symbol for sailors when they were lost ashore shore to come back home. So it would just lead them back to home. And so when I got this tattoo during my divorce and I was just like, I feel so lost right now. And sometimes our pain can be our salvation. And this to me is a symbol of that. Sometimes the only way through is through and through allowing myself to sit with that pain and learn what it wanted me to learn. I was able to find my way back home To myself. And it's not like, oh my gosh, now you're home and you figured out your path. It just means that you become more familiar with it. And the more we become familiar with this essential essence that exists inside of us, the more we will be quick to find our way back. And so again, there's no rush. As I say that I can hear my guides being like, there's no rush. (laughs) (laughs) We can all take our time. And it's just feeling your way through. You can't bypass this stuff. And this is why it's beyond the constructs of think positive and live your best life. It's bigger than that. You really got to feel your way through. And there's just some things pain can teach you that pure joy cannot. And they're both necessary.
1: So true. We'll talk a minute about your podcast. How did that come into being?
2: Well, High Tide, my podcast was birthed three months after my son was born and I created it because I just always wanted to, honestly, I just wanted to be like Oprah. I wanted my own talk show and I pictured myself having these interviews and a podcast that is conversation sharing that explores human potential amid The struggle and waves of life, the ebbs and flows of life. And I love it. It's given me the space to connect with people that are from all sorts of different backgrounds. And it's something I'm really proud of. And it's still unfolding as I continue to explore it. And most of the guests that I've had on there, I reach out to them from when Co is sleeping at night and I write from my heart and I invite them on and I hope to connect with them. And I've been very humbled by the energetic connections I've had that have been able to carve out their time in their life to have a conversation with me. But my intention behind this podcast is to educate and inspire others to explore their lives and really lean into the places that are uncomfortable because those are the spaces that actually yield us a lot of growth. That resistance piece, I really think it's a gateway for birthing a newness and a tenderness in ourselves that is actually the true strength of our lives here.
0: Are there certain daily practices that you can share with everyone listening or rituals that you suggest
2: or recommend to people? One thing I really honor is time to myself, especially since becoming a mom. And whether you're a parent or not, I just think it's really important to learn who you are, even if it means sitting by yourself for two minutes a day in silence and just allowing whatever wants to come up to come into that space. And one of the rituals I love, it's called two minute brain dumps because as a mom, it's busy. So I always have two minutes though. And I'll start my day and set a timer for two minutes. And I'll ask my higher self a question. What would you like me to learn today for my highest good? Or should I take that trip or whatever? And I just free flow and channel whatever wants to come through for two minutes. And when you consistently do this, you would be surprised at the wisdom that you are gifted in that space. It's really powerful. And all I think it is, is sitting in that silence, allows you to create a pattern of disruption from what the moment was before that, where you can kind of hunker down and be with your whole self. And so there's no interruption in the way of that stream of consciousness that wants to come through. So two-minute brain dumping is really beautiful. And if it isn't about getting an answer to something, it's about releasing something and dumping out from the brain what you wish to no longer occupy in your emotional real estate. So just cultivating that space so that you can create more room for openness and daydreaming and just all the things that light you up. And meditation, of course, is something that I love to practice.
1: Any of these practices that you are integrating as a mom with your son specifically, like any thoughts that you would get might be listening
2: it's so funny when I was probably second trimester on Sean would ohm on my belly so he would like do three ohms daily and when Ko was born the first few weeks when he was inconsolable we would ohm him and we have a video where we did this for the first time and it's like he eased into it from what I witnessed it felt like it was a familiar sound for him so it is something we incorporate in our home if we meditate we don't try yes it's important for Sean and I to honor our individual time and space so that we can recalibrate but we will do that together as a couple and we will do that with Koa in the room and Koa just looks with wonder and it is something that he will recognize in his life because it's such a part of our home. So yeah I think it's just about that remembrance of honoring yourself and your space and just the energy of the present moment. And that's really important for us to to show Koa. Although I always say our kids are raising us so maybe mm-hmm. he's the one bringing us back to those borders. so
0: I know we talked about several different types of spiritual modalities is there anything else that you have experienced that you'd want to talk about
2: are you familiar with Abraham Hicks we
0: are very familiar with
2: Abraham <laughs> yeah. so I was fortunate to go see them in Huntington Beach before the pandemic and it was really cool because I, I don't know if I'd call him spiritual but one of the things that Abraham or Esther Hicks was talking about was the 60 second rampage Or often you'll hear her say, tuned in, tapped in, turned on. And what I can compare this to is one of the authors that I love her book. It's called The Earth is Hiring. Her name's Peta Kelly. And to simplify this, she'll say, our source is like a hose. And it's always flowing, always streaming. But the kinks that we create disrupts that flow. And the kinks are often where we place our energetic energy, like when it's not in the present moment. So another way I can put this simply is, you know, Lori Ladd. Yeah. Yes. So I loved our conversation. And she talks about how in the quantum field, what if your highest self already exists? Say you wanted a house by the ocean, which is what I've always wanted. And in the quantum field, if you could think it, it already it is, It already exists. So what if your present moments and the triggers you experience and the disruptions or anything that feels out of alignment is your highest self coming to you in a telegram in the form of that disruption? And it has to reach you. So it's coming to you in this kink because it wants you. To release it and heal it so that you can move closer to that lived reality of living by that house or living at the house by the ocean or whatever that is for you. And so it's always this invitation of a recollection to recollect and a reclamation of yourself because most of those things exist to remind you you are so worthy. You were born divine. That is your birthright. And when you place anything of your self worth on parts that are outside of you, The universe often shakes it up or removes it to remind you it doesn't live there. That's something I learned from Mark Groves and all these teachers that I desired so much to learn from have all added so much value in this earth school of mine. And earth school is a curriculum that does not get enough credit.
0: It does not. That's
2: right. All in earth school. Yeah, we are all in it. And why aren't we honoring that? And I think we are now. I feel like energy is really speeding up and it's happening. And more and more people are starting to realize there's got to be more to it than all this divisiveness and things like that. I think it's just all about honoring that because it is here for you.
0: This conversation today, it just couldn't be more timely, right, Karen? You are such a messenger and teacher There's no doubt about that. And I know for Karen and myself, the messages that we're talking about in depth today are things I know. We may know them. Some of them we didn't, but we may know some of them and needed that reminder of that worthiness. Honestly, I actually wear a bracelet an I am worthy bracelet, yet (laughs) I still forget throughout my day. So I feel like for those listening, you are listening to this on purpose today. There is a reason that you were called to listen to this podcast and this episode and hear these messages and know what is your birthright and that we all are in this earth school together.
2: Absolutely. And that there is a catalog of proof. If you're in the present moment somewhere listening to this and you're struggling through a decision or a relationship or a fight or whatever, a trigger, just know that there have been a catalog of proof of present moments in your life wherein you probably questioned it. And you can look back in this present moment now and say, Hey, yeah, I needed to go through that. I needed that to help me evolve. And it actually worked out for me in more ways than not. And even if it didn't, it still brought you to this time and space to remind you because it'll keep showing up louder and louder when we don't honor that. Or it'll keep showing up louder and louder when you do honor it because it's giving you more tangible proof and signs and connections outside of yourself as a reflection of what you're connecting to inside of yourself.
1: I'm looking at what you just said. This is such an aha for me about this idea of this telegram from the future. Yeah. We all embrace that as a message for you. It's almost like a little spotlight on where you are to say, stop, pay attention. This is an opportunity for you to get to where you really want to be versus, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to me. Exactly. So true.
2: I mean, think think of any time you were late for something or you had reservations and for whatever reason, those things fell through and how many times have we fallen victim to it? And it's okay. You're allowed to want what you want. I'm just saying when you surrender and accept where you're at, there's just more that can come through for that. So I think it's such a beautiful way to help gate the ebbs and flows of our life. And it really helps me as a resource that I keep in my back pocket whenever I'm like, oh gosh, this is feeling like one of those big moments. But then more often than not, I'm just shown the way what's in the way becomes the way.
0: Well, and speaking of that speaking and being shown talking about spirit and you're talking to spirit on a constant basis, is that something that you ever turn off? Or do you feel like that is just now really has become so integrated in your
2: being I feel like it's more and more integrated in my being but it just it's not always there it's there the most loudly when I'm in alignment and living from that heart-centered space and for me in spirit is to inspire. And this is another guide message that I got from my guides where they told me to look up the word spire. Inspire means the top of a structure or it's the very top upper part of a tree. And when you're inspired, you are at a really high frequency and you're just at these expanded heights to access those points through which a lot of creativity can flow and a lot of messages can flow and a lot of answers to solutions that we're seeking flows. Or we might get this nudge that's like, go to the library today and you never go to the library and you find yourself in an aisle and then you bump into someone that you were thinking of. That's what this work is for me. It's clearing all that space to create pathways through which we'll cultivate expansion for us rooted in unconditional love in our heart space so that we can experience an enriched life from this beautiful conversation all the way up to actualizing living in the house of your dreams. It's the (laughs) same thing, different scale. It's the same thing, different face. So it's really important to just be with yourself because it's really hard for others to be with you if you can't be with yourself. And no matter where we go, there we are. So why not get to know who we are and become our own best ally and just learn how to work with nature and the world around us so that we can have an optimal human experience, even through the struggle. I want to be clear on that. It's not always about sunshine and lollipops, but it can be.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just a question though, too, for people listening and and for the who might be interested in working with you, Jennifer. So how does the process work with you? Is it it a one-on-one session that you offer people? How do you structure your sessions?
2: So right now, actually, I'm currently doing Dharma Coaching School and it's Spiritual Life Coaching School through Sahara Rose. And so I don't actually have my certification yet. So any energetic work that I've done in the past has just been through conversation sharing and through Reiki and healings and just through cultivating connections through hairstyling. And people have come to me me. I was once on Mark Grove's podcast, and I shared a story there. And so that's a global platform, and a lot of women reached out to me and was really resonant with the story I shared. And so through that, I was able to offer them mythologies that I work through that helped me, and it was really helpful for them as well. And so right now, the platform I have on my website, for example, there's discovery calls where we can have a conversation and see if we're a right fit. There's activate where if there's something you're just trying to work through and it's just a minor thing and you want to explore ways through which you can create a solution for that, then that is offered for you. And then there's initiate where that's more of a deep dive of activate. And then surrender is more of a four week container. So having said all that, I just want to be clear, I'm not licensed yet. However, these are mythologies that I've picked up through several workshops and teachers throughout my life that have really enforced such a state of invitation to expand and heal that I know have worked for me and others that I have worked with through those platforms and always changing. As I'm working through this course, it's really beautiful to see the synergy of Western psychology and Eastern practices and be able to add that to my offerings and know that as you change and grow, so too does the way through which you will heal and some things will resonate for you. Others may not. And that's totally okay. There's no right or wrong to the healing process. It's non-linear, and you are your best guide on your journey.
0: Well, and it feels to me, and I would think that you have probably found this yourself. And I know Karen and I together have found this is that you're creating your own methodology in many ways. Yes. You're learning and you'll be licensed and something, but you've already started. Creating yeah. that. I mean, you can hear that in everything that you're expressing
2: today. It's so true before old Jenny was just like, I need a certificate to practice. And it's really nice to have that it is. And now that I'm getting closer to that space, I'm like, this is a full embodiment practice. You want to be able to live what you teach. This is through lived experience that I have had in my own life that I know works for me. So I know that there's a bunch of old versions of Jenny that I can really help. And that's what's so beautiful about healing work and energetic work is that whatever you are offering and you can teach, no one else can do that. And so it's so beautiful to honor that and also know what is within the scope of your boundaries of work that you can help and not help. For me, it's about how you make someone feel and how you're able to hold space in such a way that allows them to be the explorer of their own journey with tools and resources that will safely guide their journey.
0: Well, and what I think everyone can hear from our conversation today is how you hold everyone with such unconditional love and from such a heart space that they will feel safe in that time with you and you are such a channel of their guides as well as your own in order to help yeah. them forward
2: I will say that from this work I have experience where I've worked with someone across me and I'm like okay I could hear your guides speaking to me and I just want to offer you this message and that's really cool I think it's really beautiful to access that and I always ask permission it's really important to ask permission so yeah it's just it's a beautiful practice and I think in creating these new systems, it allows people to know that there isn't just one modality for healing and that how can we suspend financial barriers even so that we can create more connectivity in the mental health and wellness areas of our life. And just to know that it is available to you. I won't turn any anyone away. I sincerely from the bottom of my heart believe that like one healed person is another bridge gap for others to heal too. And this is why I love podcasting too through conversation sharing, even if one person out there hears this and they're like, I want to talk to one of those ladies or I want to connect with one of those ladies, that's already one person whose healing journey is in motion because of an intersection of this time and space where we created something that lit up our hearts. So that's that's really powerful. So
1: beautifully said. And so many things that you've already said are great takeaways. So many of the things that you've done, it comes from your, like you said before, from your own authenticity because you've lived your own life experience and just are sharing it so beautifully with other people. So thank you.
0: Oh my goodness. This
1: conversation, it's been amazing, really. And
0: Jenny, what (laughs) is the best place for people to find you? I know you have a couple of different ways.
2: Thank you. I'm on Instagram at high tide underscore mama, M-A-M-A. And then... My website is www.jenniferjimeno.com And there's also information on my link tree. The podcast High Tide is on Apple and Spotify. And all of those resources are on my link tree and on my Instagram page. So drop me a direct message. I love hearing from people and I absolutely invite your story sharing with me because I will honor that space so much.
0: And we will also have links within our show notes as well as links to all of the recommendations you gave so many good ones today between books and podcasts and, and different teachers and guides. So we'll make sure that yeah. we have links to all of those in addition to the links to your own websites and social.
2: Thank you so much. And I want my heart, my light in my heart honors, the light in heart. Of you, Karen and Robin, and I just so appreciate the work you're both doing in this world and giving people like myself and those exploring spirituality and energy work and anything that is expansive a space to blossom because there needs to be more of it. And I just so appreciate that you've held space for me today. It Was really nice. It's mm.
0: really an honor.
2: It is so it's an inspiration to... to us. Believe me. Yes,
0: you are such an inspiration to us, and I so look forward to working together as we move forward with all of our projects. And yes. I, there's a
2: feeling
0: that it's so tangible. I okay. feel the, your hearts. Like yeah. I feel them.
2: And I definitely foresee us doing work together in the future. So I'm excited to see what is seeding from this and how we can harvest it. It's
1: like the telegram from the future. Yes. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you so
2: much. Thank you. Have a all good day. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.